go everybody it is another edition of jamal about sports coming to you on a friday a football friday on january 14th 2022 kicking off the show roxanne by the police off their first album outlandish demore and uh if you want to feel old uh that album was released uh 44 years ago today so uh in 1978 apparently on january 22nd uh, that album was released, so I uh, thought it'd be uh, appropriate to play that song today. We've got a big show. We've got lots of football, as we said, uh, and a little bit of NBA. And we will start uh, in the NFL with uh, first weekend of playoff games now set to kick off tomorrow. Uh, it's super wild card weekend because there is another layer of uh, wild card games added this season. Um, with the um, increase of uh, the regular season schedule from 16 to 17 games, and they've added uh, another round uh, of wild card, or not another round, but but another wild card game, uh, obviously in each conference. So we've got six games, two tomorrow, three Sunday, and one on Monday night. Which, uh, if if you like football, uh, pretty hard to argue with. I, I always. They switched to this, I don't know, they switched to the format of Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, the first game being 4.30, and the second game being at night, and then Sunday typically was just two games, one at 1 and one at 4.30. Um, you know, in the old days, it used to be uh, 1 o'clock games on both Saturday and Sunday. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't love having to wait, honestly, till 4.30 on Saturday, but now that you've got the extra game on Sunday night, and now you've got an extra game on Monday, um, hard to argue with, frankly. Um, so we'll get to the, the 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 playoff games and all the matchups in a second. But we begin with uh, the coaching carousel, which, if you've listened to this show at all in the past, I mean, this is this is a, 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 a uh, an annual rite, if you will, in the NFL. Um, Black Monday, as it is now known to be called in the NFL, is coming uh, gone. And there are now eight jobs open in the NFL. Eight. There's 32 teams. By my math, and I'm no math wizard, but by my math, that's 25% of the jobs. And it seems as if this happens every year. I mean, there's, generally speaking, what, five, six job openings every single year in the NFL? Um, And, again, this year, eight. I mean, I guess technically... Seven, because the Oakland job isn't necessarily available yet. Um, the coach there is is an interim coach. He hasn't been given the job though yet. Um, but you know, with 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 the Raiders in the playoffs, um, and if they win, I, I don't see how you get rid of this guy. Um, what's his name? Basaccia. Uh, I mean, I, you know, given all that's gone on there, all the all the off the field turmoil. Um, you know, obviously some of it, you know, created themselves when they hired that clown Gruden to begin with, um, which by the way, I think we had that here 
on this show well, when they hired him. I thought it was absurd. I uh, thought his his previous track record, uh, both with uh, then Oakland and Tampa Bay, was vastly overrated. Um, and, uh, you know, John Gruden, all about John Gruden. And, oh, gee, turns out he's also a huge tool. So, okay, great. <laughs> um, anyway, uh but we get to uh, the NFL. So you've got Giants jobs open, and they need a GM. Miami job open. Strange. We'll talk about that in a second. Houston job open. Surprising, but also not surprising in the same way. We'll get to that in a minute. Jacksonville job open. Had that as well. Urban Meyer. I mean, Urban Meyer didn't even last a full season in Jacksonville. Should have never been hired in the first place. Urban Meyer, who I've been saying is... The biggest hypocrite, sanctimonious, um, you know, just just a bad guy, um, and has shown the world he's a bad guy for the last I don't know ten years. But because he wins, right? People look the other way, or they make excuses for him. Um, you know, this is a guy who uh, employed a wife beater and then was unapologetic about it. Um, you know, you had the whole issue this year where he didn't fly home with his team. He's yelling at his assistants, telling them they're a bunch of losers. Well, if they're a bunch of losers, what does it make you? You hired them, you dope. Um, you know, didn't fly home with his team after that that bad, lo- you know, not a bad loss, but a crushing loss to the Bengals where they had that game in the back pocket on a Thursday night and then lost late. Um, and then is out seen, you know, carousing basically and cavorting, getting, uh, you know, with, with, with young women that were not his wife uh, in one of his bars in Ohio because he's, you know, favorite son of Ohio because it's where he's from and he coached at Bowling Green and he coached at Ohio State. So the Jacksonville job's open. Chicago Bears job is open, no surprise there. And the GM job's open uh, there, no surprise. Minnesota also coaching GM available. Surprising a little bit. I mean, look, at least Minnesota gave Mike Zimmer uh, eight years. And look, Zimmer's record is good overall, right? I think it's like 72-59-1. You know, made the NFC Championship game. Got lucky, right? The Case Keenum play where Marcus Williams on the Saints, you know, blew. All he had to do was make a tackle uh, and the game's over. Uh, and he whiffed on a tackle, and Stefan Diggs took it the rest of the way. It was a miraculous play for the Vikings. But, I mean, look, the Vikings teams are generally competitive. Not not an easy team to play most of the time. In the playoffs a bunch of times under Zimmer. Made an NFC Championship game. Uh, Rick Spielman, the GM there, was there for 16 years. Did a very good job. Brought in a bunch of very good players. You know, Barr, Kendricks, Daniil Hunter, Everson Griffin, Harrison Smith. Xavier Rhodes on defense, just to name a few, over the course of the years. On offense, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson. They unearthed Adam Thielen out of nowhere. Um, some good offensive linemen, James Daniels. Uh, so, you know, they, Rick Spielman, good track record. He'll get a job somewhere else. He may not be a GM, although if I'm the Giants and I'm looking to hire uh, an experienced general manager, I don't know. He's not on their list yet. Um, but you could do a lot worse than Rick Spielman, Chris Spielman's brother, by the way. But he'll get hired somewhere if he wants a job. If he wants, you know, he may want to take a year off and reassess. Uh, but if he wants to go get a job, he may not get a GM job. But if he wants to be an assistant, kind of like what John Dorsey did, being in Alliance front office this year, um, 
I'm sure he'll get, he can probably get a job somewhere as a personnel guy or, you know, senior assistant or advisor or something like that. Uh, good track record. Um, we talked about Oakland and then Denver. The Denver job opened. And, that you know, John Elway, uh, you know, very good career as a quarterback, uh, has proven to not know what the hell he's doing as an executive out in Denver. I mean, didn't they just hire Vic Fangio two minutes ago? Uh, by the way, when they hired Vic Fangio, everybody said, really, you're hiring Vic Fangio? So uh, not a big surprise, I guess. Um, but they don't have a quarterback. And as we've talked about a lot of time, that, but by the way, that's on Elway, right? I mean, they, he's been trying to get quarterbacks right and left. You know, the best he could do is get a broken down Peyton Manning who, you know, uh, was just barely good enough, but that team had a great defense and a run game, and they were able to win a Super Bowl. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, Terry, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, uh, you know, th- it goes on and on. Um, but, you know, if you're going to rank these jobs, I'd say probably the best job out there is probably either Minnesota or Miami. Minnesota because, again, what we just talked about, right? Uh, uh the, the, you know, the, the, the Will family there, I mean, look, the GM had 16 years. The coach had, what, seven or eight years. In today's NFL, that's, that's a lifetime. Um, in today's sports, really, that's a lifetime. So you're probably going to get a long leash, and the cupboard is not bare in Minnesota. Now, you're going to have to make a decision on the quarterback. You know my feelings on Kirk Cousins. Um, can't stand the guy. Find him to be most, one of the most grating, most annoying people in the NFL. Puts up numbers every year. Um, and you know, we'll, they, they will beat the bad teams. They will beat the teams they're supposed to beat most of the time. Um, can't get over the hump against the Packers and, um, you know, he will make the big mistake in a big game late. I mean, that's what he does. That's his career. It's who he is. I mean, what's Kirk Cousins has got to be what? 32 now, uh, been in the league, what? Eight, nine years. So big decision to make there, but they've got the great running back and cook. They still have some good players on defense. Now, some of these guys are getting a little older. Barr, Kendricks, Harrison Smith. These guys are kind of on the back nine of their careers, so you're going to have to replenish. But the cupboard is not completely bare from a talent perspective. I mean, Jefferson's only in his second year. He's an absolute stud. Theline's probably still got plenty in the tank. Um, You know. But the big question there is the quarterback. I mean, Cousins makes a lot of money. If you let him go, you're going to get some cap savings there. Um, probably take some dead money on though. Uh, but you know, cousins, that, that's a, that's a tough predicament. I mean, listen, I can't stand the guy, but he's still better than, you know, probably two thirds of the quarterbacks in the league, something like that. I mean, at least statistically. And the question is who you're going to get that's better than him. So, and if you're going to go do it via the draft, now you're, you're talking about a rebuild, but Maybe that's what Minnesota wants to do, and, and, and that might be the wisest path forward for them. But I think it's a good job, and I think the Miami job's a good job. Now, they, they fired Brian Flores, my guy, right, fellow alums from Poly Prep Country Day School in Brooklyn, New York. Um, went 9-8 this year, had a horrendous start, right? Won the first game, lost seven in a row, then won eight of their last nine, finished the season 9-8. and eight. Miami Dolphins, since their clown owner, Stephen Ross, has been there, um, have had three winning seasons, I believe, three in 12 years, and Brian Flores authored two of them. And yet he got fired because apparently he was too mean to Tua Tagovailoa, who apparently is the teacher's pet, 
down there in Miami as far as the owner is concerned. And, yes, he did go through various coordinators. Um, you know, that's not a great look, to be fair. I think they had three offensive coordinators in the three years he was there, different offensive line coaches. So a lot of turnover on the staff. He does, does come from New England where we've seen the majority – of the assistants from New England have proven to be beyond incompetent and not just incompetent, but smug and arrogant and just distasteful when it comes to their personalities. Matt Patricia, uh, contestant number one. Um, but, you know, you Josh McDaniels in Denver was a disaster. You've seen... Um, I mean, oh, Bill O'Brien has been the best of the bunch, but boy, he, you know, he his tenure in Houston flamed out as he basically traded away every good player Houston had. Um, you know, Charlie Weiss was a disaster at Notre Dame and then at Kansas. Um, you know, these guys just, you know, all these, these Romeo Cornell is actually a good person and a nice man who just was not suited to be a head coach. But for whatever reason... These assistants in New England, when they go get head coaching jobs, are not only are they, they, they I mean, of course, you're not going to match the success that New England has had, but I mean, they don't sniff any success. They don't do anything. I mean, Matt Patricia is, I would say, arguably, if it, were not, if it weren't for Rod Marinelli going 0 16 and 1 23 over a 24 game span in Detroit, Matt Patricia would be the worst head coach in the history of the Lions, which is saying something for an organization that has known nothing but failure. I mean, he's awful. And his clown buddy, general manager, Bob Quinn. Terrible. I mean, Bob Quinn, I've said it before, as bad if not worse than Matt Millen, just was here for a shorter period of time. Matt Millen at least unearthed a couple of studs. Bob Quinn gave you nothing. I shouldn't say nothing, but he was awful. I mean, the big reason the Lions were as bad as they were this year, not a big reason, the main reason was Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia. But I think that Miami job is not a bad job. Now, again, same thing. It all depends on what you think about the quarterback. If you like Tua, right? And Tua, by the way, has been okay. First of all, he's proven to be brittle, right? He gets hurt a lot, um, which he was hurt a lot in college and you know, hurt guys stay hurt. That's an old axiom in the NFL scouting uh, and front office world, right? If, you, if, you, if you're typically, not always, of course, there's always exceptions to every rule, but guys in college that are hurt a lot, they ain't getting any better in the NFL. Guys only get bigger, stronger, faster in the NFL. So if you're going to get banged up a lot in college, odds are you're going to be banged up a lot in the pros. So if you like the quarterback, that's one thing. Um, I think you do better than him. Um, but the rest of that roster is not bad. There's some good players there in Miami. So, particularly on defense. So, it's not a terrible job, except for the fact that the owner doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I mean, Stephen Ross has proven himself to be a bit of a disaster. I mean, Stephen Ross thought Joe Philbin was a good idea. Joe Philbin! I mean, give me a break. You know, the Jacksonville job could be a good job. Again, if you think Trevor Lawrence, and look, I'm not, you can't judge Trevor Lawrence off this rookie year. 
I mean, that, 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 that franchise is a horror show. The roster isn't any good. Urban Meyer is the worst. But Shad Khan, again, bad owner. I mean, what, he has not proven himself to be even remotely competent. But there's some pieces there. You've got Josh Allen on defense who's a stud. Maybe Trevor Lawrence is a stud. You know, Etienne, the running back, who knows? He missed his whole rookie year by getting hurt. Um, but he could be good. Couple other players here and there. But, I mean, you know, it's a tough one. You know, Chicago, not a terrible job. I mean, Justin Fields, again, hard to judge him on this rookie year. Bad coach um, in Nagy. But Fields is talented. There's no question. And again, there's some pieces there. I mean, I don't love Montgomery, the running back. Eh, to me, he's a dime a dozen. Very pedestrian. But he's not terrible. Um, but I don't know if they bring Allen Robinson back, but he's a very good receiver when he plays. Uh, this kid, Darnell Mooney, the other wide receiver, had a breakout year this year. Looked really good. They've got some good players on defense. Roquan Smith. Um... Khalil Mack is, you know, getting up in years, and he missed a lot of time this year with injury. But when he plays, he's still really good. Um, you know, so, but again, that that the Bears' job is all about the quarterback, right? If you believe in Justin Fields, and you're a potential head coach, and then that's a good job. But at least, at least there's a young guy there, and and at least you're gonna get at least you would think three years, right, to build that thing. You, you, I mean, you, you know, if you're the Bears owner, if you're the McCaskies, you got You got to give them some time to take their lumps. But maybe Fields is a total stud, and, and you're really good at in, in your second year. You never know. The Denver job we talked about. I mean, look, they've drafted some nice players on both sides of the ball there too. They have some good receivers. Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick. They've got, you know, good back in Javante Williams, good young back. They've got some good players on defense in Denver. Bradley Chubb, um, Jody Jewell, uh, Justin Simmons, a safety on the back end. I mean, they've got some nice – they've got some pieces there too. The whole thing there, again, is the quarterback. You know, Drew Locke has not distinguished himself in limited uh, run there. Um, you know, obviously there's a reason why these teams are all looking for coaches. I mean, the only again, the only one you could argue what the hell they're doing is Miami. But if they didn't like his personality and he and the GM didn't get along and you want to make the GM, if you're the owner, you're going to pick the GM over the coach, okay. I mean, Chris Greer's been with the Dolphins a long time. The, the, the track record there is not great. I mean, I know I said the roster right now is not terrible, and it's not. But, I mean, it's not like they've had some long, sustained run of success under Chris Greer as a GM in Miami either. Brian, Brian Flores is going to get one of these open jobs. It'd be a nice story if it were the Giants, right? Hometown kid makes good, potentially. And I'll admit I'm biased because I met the kid once a long time ago. So, you know. It was probably, what was it? I think it was 09 or, 20, 09 or 2010 at an alumni event. He was, I think he had just gotten his first internship gig with the Patriots. And he was over the moon about it. Couldn't have been happier. 
you know, but a lot of his players were not pleased with the, the fact that he got fired. Much different than when Patricia got fired. Lions players were openly mocking him and doing a jig. Guys that were there, guys that had left and gone to other teams, retired players, people were thrilled that he was gone. Not the case with Brian Flores. That has not been the case. If anything, Dolphins players have expressed their displeasure at his uh, ouster. So if I had to rank these jobs, I mean, I guess I would say Minnesota first because I think they've got the best roster and the owners there have shown a, a, a propensity for patience. I'd say the next job's probably Miami. You know, Houston is interesting. They were thought to be one of the worst teams in the NFL because of what a bad job Bill O'Brien did trading away all their players. They may have found themselves a quarterback with this Davis Mills out of Stanford. You know, he's he, very rocky early, played very well late. Um, and again, if he's good, you know, Deshaun Watson will obviously will not be on that team next year. So... Uh, and they've they've got a lot of rebuilding to do, but that might not be a terrible job. The Raiders' job would be a great job if that becomes open. I think because I like Derek Carr. I think he's a good quarterback. They've got some talent on that roster, particularly at the skill positions. Um, Hunter Renfro's great receiver. Jacobs, the running back, is a good running back. Waller, the tight end, is fantastic. They've got some pass rushers. Max Crosby, in particular, is very good. Denzel Perriman's an excellent linebacker. They're not great in the secondary. They can't cover anybody, really. Um, and they've been drafting guys in the secondary for years since Mayock got there, and none of these guys they've hit. They haven't hit on any of these guys yet. I mean, Jonathan Abram, I know everybody loves him because he's a, a hard hitter. He, can't, he couldn't cover me. Now, he's an in-the-box safety. That's fine. Um, but, you know, and then the, the Damon Arnett disaster. I, they, they, I mean, look, the, Ra the Raiders, they have issues, but they've got some talent. I mean, the team won 10 games this year with a ton of off-the-field turmoil, right? The whole Suggs thing, Damon Arnett. Um, you had this other guy, that, this other kid that got arrested for, for DUI. I, I, I don't know that it's been, you know, his case is still pending, though. Um, but it's, you know, and then the whole Gruden thing, it's, it's been a tumultuous year off the field. And meanwhile, this Bisacci has kept the, the, the team focused. And uh, they beat the Colts, who were not a bad team. And they beat, uh, who did they beat the last week of the season? Oh, the Chargers. <laughs> the Chargers. That coach, this Brandon Staley, he is something else. He is something else. This guy, I mean, see, here, here's where I'm going to be get off my lawn, old man guy. I get it, right? And I'm going to rail against analytics. But, I mean, if there's ever a poster child or an exhibit A for how analytics has completely taken over the sport in a bad way and sports in general, right? We talk about it in baseball all the time. It's this Brandon Staley with the Chargers. I mean, that game about a month ago where he shoot a bunch of short field goals in a close game and ended up losing the game by, what, two points. Then the game against the Raiders where, weirdly, if they would have tied, both teams, it, it was a very, it, it was actually bizarre. All these weird scenarios had to take place 
for that Chargers-Raiders game, which was the last game of, of, of the regular season. It was the Sunday night game. For If that game, had that game ended in a tie, both teams would still have made the playoffs. But a lot of things, of course, had to happen prior to that game, Mo, some, several of which seemed highly unlikely, like the Colts losing to the Jaguars. Well, because the Colts, all they had to do was beat the lowly Jaguars, and they are in the playoffs. Well, the Colts lost. They laid an egg. Carson Wentz was atrocious. And by the way, I know his numbers look good this year. The Colts games that I watched, Carson Wentz was not good. I know they beat the Cardinals on Christmas. He didn't play very well. Other than that one really nice throw he made where he was rolling left and threw back right and threaded the needle and hit a guy in the back of the end zone, he stunk in that game. Carson Wentz isn't any good. Maybe the most overrated player in the NFL. And I know my guy Frank Reich loves him, and I get it. He's not that good. So he was awful. And I mean, look, the whole the, the Colts' whole team laid an egg. But he was especially bad in that game. Um, so the Colts lost. Pittsburgh, who was left for dead weeks ago, beat Baltimore in overtime. Baltimore should have put that game away a million different times in, regu- in regulation. They didn't. Pittsburgh won that game in overtime. So Pittsburgh needed to win. And that wasn't a huge upset because Lamar Jackson didn't play, and it's a divisional game anyway. So you kind of throw the records out a little bit, particularly against those two teams who hate each other. And we talked about that weeks ago when we are ta- looking at the Bengals' path to try to win the division. But anyway, Pittsburgh won. Colts won. And then, sure enough, the Raiders-Chargers game goes to overtime. And sure enough, the game's tied in overtime. And sure enough, the Raiders have the ball with like three minutes left in overtime. And the game's tied. And they don't have like great field position. And they're kind of driving, but you see that they're kind of maybe okay with the clock running out. Right? Because if they lose, they're done. If they tie, they're in. And yes, if they tie, that means the Chargers get in too, but who cares? And then on like second and seven, from about midfield-ish, just past midfield with under with 40-something seconds left, and, and the Raiders are, are now just running the ball in the middle line of scrimmage. They, they, they're not taking a knee, but they're not really trying to pick up yards here. They're basically playing for the clock to run out. What does is, what is the coach for the Chargers do? Staley calls timeout to get his best run defense in there. Well, let me ask you a question. That, that's fine. Why don't you have your best run defense in there to begin with? You know the Raiders aren't throwing the ball. They've just run the ball like nine times in a row. You know what's happening. You know what the, the, the stakes are here. You know that they're probably, the Raiders are perfectly fine letting the clock run out. So that was idiotic. But even worse than that was earlier in the game, I think they were down seven with with plenty of time left. He goes for the fourth and like two from his own 18-yard line. Now, the defense bowed up and held the Raiders to a field goal, but, I mean, that was beyond dumb. And, by the way, this Passaccia also beyond dumb when the Raiders scored to try to go up 14 with with plenty of time left in the second half. I mean, a ton of time. He goes for two. 
instead of just kicking the extra point. And and by the way, uh, in a dome, and Carlson's one of the best kickers in the NFL. So I don't want to hear about how it's not a, a layup. Extra points of Carlson are, are layups. So that was idiotic. And of course, the Raiders didn't get it, got it to 12, almost cost them the game too, by the way, and would have cost them the playoffs. So maybe, you know what? I take it back. Maybe the Raiders shouldn't keep this guy as the coach. Although he's not alone. I haven't seen a coach yet in the NFL that understands about the two-point conversion. Not yet. They all love to chase the points, all of them. And they all refer to some chart. That chart needs to be burned immediately. You don't chase points. When you're leading, you don't chase points. Now, of course, there are always extenuating circumstances. There can be, not always, there can be extenuating circumstances. Right? It's bad weather. You have a bad kicker. Okay, that's one thing. When you have a good kicker and you're in a dome, you kick the damn extra point. You don't chase the points. It's stupid. Worst job, by the way, might be the Giants' job. Hate to say it. I've liked the Giants from afar. Used to hate them in the 80s. Phil Simms, LT, Parcells, couldn't stand them. Started liking them about 07 when they went into Green Bay and they, sh- they shut up Brett Favre, and they beat the Packers. Loved them then. That's when I first started to come around on the Giants. They had a lot of players on a team that I liked who played in college, Corey Webster, um, Amani Toomer, Donnie Jones, Keith Hamilton. I'm forgetting the other cornerback that played at USC. Why can't I remember his name? No, war number 24. Oh, criminy. Thompson, Williams, damn it. Anyway, but they went in to Green Bay in that frigid game and beat Green Bay. That's when I started to like him. Really liked him. The 2011 team that won the Super Bowl in 2012 when uh, I won a lot of money in the Super Bowl box. <laughs> And I got a bunch of friends who are Giants fans. And, you know, look, if nothing else, they always represented a well-run, classy organization, right? Wellington Mara, one of the titans of the NFL, one of the, one of the people behind the sort of revenue share concept at the NFL was the first league to adopt, right? When he didn't have to because he played in the biggest market in the league but knew that it was better for the overall health of the league to do that, right? So I had a lot of respect for him and his family. Uh, I hate to say it, the Giants are a clown show of an organization now. This is now their third coach that they've fired after two years, right? McAdoo, Shermer, and now Joe Judge. And all you can argue all three of those hires were terrible hires. I mean, McAdoo, I mean, really? The quarterback's coach from the Packers? I mean, do, do, do people not understand that the player makes the coach in that respect, not the other way around? I mean, yeah, it's easy to look like a genius when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. Just like all these offensive geniuses from the Patriots. Real real easy to look smart when you got Tom Brady as your quarterback and Belichick's your head coach. And then Pat Shermer, I mean, that 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 hire made no sense. He, he already had a track record, not a very good one as a head coach. And then Joe Judge, special teams coach from the Patriots. Like, Joe Judge had one damn thing to do with the sustained success that the Patriots have had. I mean, would you give me a break? Two words, Belichick, Brady. Please, Joe Judge. Give me a break. So, I mean, look, 
And John Merrick, to give him credit, basically said, look, I got to earn the fans' trust back. But yeah, you really do. Because you guys have been a an unmitigated disaster for a long time now. You're, you're reaching Lions territory. In fact, if you're uh, a Giants fan right now, somebody said you'd rather be a Lions fan or a Giants fan, you take the Lions all day, every day. My boy Justin's a big Giants fan. Said it to me the other day over text. At least your team has hope. I mean, the Giants are a mess. You don't know what you have if Daniel Jones is your quarterback or not. Your whole team gets hurt every year. I mean, look, it's a good thing they had the Jets to provide some cover. And by the way, to be let's be fair. Uh, as, as much of a disaster as the Jets are, and they have history on their side, I mean, the Giants do have four Super Bowls now. Okay, They do have four. Jets have one, and it was when I was, you know, basically one. So, but the Jets lately, at least, I mean, they've got some promise. I mean, Zach Wilson wasn't great this year. Also hard to judge. Jets also, by the way, tons of injuries. And the book is very much still out on Robert Sala as a head coach. But Joe Douglas appears to seem like he might have a clue as to what he's doing, the GM for the Jets. This draft in particular looks like it's going to yield some very good players. Quarterback, obviously, biggest question mark, though. But Elijah Moore looks like if he can stay on the field, the wide receiver like a stud. Both of Michael Carter's, the running back and the safety, look very good. Looks like he hit big on Bryce Hall. They drafted in the fifth round, I believe, last year out of UVA, who would have been probably drafted much higher, but he got injured in college. But the Giants might be the worst job right now. I mean, it is the worst job based on recent track record. Again, three coaches fired after two years. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's embarrassing. That's clown show stuff. All right, we'll take a short break. We'll be back with the back with the playoff picture right after this. Okay, we are back here on a Football Friday playoff edition of Jamal About Sports. So let's jump right into it. We've got, uh, we'll just go chronologically. First game tomorrow, 4.30, Bengals versus the Raiders. Bengals are at home. Bengals haven't won a playoff game even longer than the Lions haven't won a playoff game. I think the last time the Bengals won was 1990. Uh, look. We talked about it uh, at length on last on the last show. Bengals offense is tremendous. Burrow, unbelievable, great second year, particularly hot here down the stretch. Jamar Chase, an incredible rookie year, the wide receiver out of LSU. Tyler Boyd, really good. T. Higgins, really good. Joe Mixon, really good. It's all going to come down to can the Bengals offensive line block the Raiders D-line, give Burrow enough time, and can the Bengals D-line and defense overall make things tough on Derek Carr and the Raiders? You got to stop Jacobs. And you got to try to st- somehow take away Hunter Renfro. And or Waller. And it's tough. You're not going to do all three. But all three of those guys for the Raiders can't have a big game. Waller can't have a big game. Renfro can't have a big game. And Jacobs can't have a big game. Or else the Bengals are going to lose. Bengals are laying, actually, you know what? I don't even know what the line is on that game. I don't really know what the lines are. But I want the Bengals to win. I find them to be an extremely exciting team to watch. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I'm pulling hard for the Bengals. I think they find a way to finally get it done. I, they just, they, unless they completely throw up on themselves and turn a ball over like four times, uh, there's just too much firepower on offense. Should be a very good game, though. Raiders are not bad. But their secondary is not good. And again, the Bengals' offensive line can just hold up enough, right? Don't let Max Crosby wreck the game. I think the Bengals come away with that one. Then we got the night game. Buffalo at home against the Patriots in frigid subarctic temperatures. Um, look, those teams split, each one on their home field. Uh, the, Raider, uh, the, the Raiders, the, the, the Patriots ran it down the Bills' throat. Up in Buffalo in a cold weather game on a Monday night about a month or so ago. The Bills returned a favor and did a little number on, on, on the Patriots. Kept going for it on fourth and down. Very aggressive. Um, look, it, the, the, the Bills, you know, the Bills have been talking about, you know, they talked all offseason about taking the next step after last year, right? They, they, they lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs. They won a round. Josh Allen, the quarterback, is a very dynamic player. You know, you got to beat a rookie quarterback at home. I know it's Belichick, and and they're a division opponent. You got to figure out a way to win this game if if you want people to take you seriously. Uh, this game, I know Buffalo's laying four. If I had to bet, I would take the Patriots and 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 hope they cover. Basically, as you all know, I'm not a fan of the Patriots, and I root for them to lose. So. Um, that's game number two. Game number three, Philly-Tampa Bay. I mean, honestly, I have zero interest in this game. Zero. I mean, Philly's not very good. I don't even know how they're in the playoffs, honestly. I'd uh, love to see them win. As you know, I'm not a big fan of TB12. And Bruce Arians has become uns- insufferable, the head coach of Tampa Bay. Uh, and the weather's actually supposed to be really bad down in Tampa, which should, in theory, favor the Eagles because they like to try to run the ball. And the quarterback is, you know, a dual threat in Jalen Hurts. The, uh, he can, you know, run it and throw it a little. Um, but I, 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 that, that, that would be the stunner of the weekend if Tampa Bay loses that game. San Francisco-Dallas at 430 on Sunday is the marquee matchup of the day. San Francisco, kind of under the radar, uh, had a big win last week. In LA, although they brought a ton of you know a ton of folks from San Fran went to that stadium. I mean that, that that's the problem with the Rams. I mean they, they, the Rams don't have a fan base. Nobody in LA cares about the Rams. I mean it's a beautiful stadium. It's a thing to do. There's no rabbit. There was no big clamor of, from the fan base for oh we need the Rams back. There's a reason why they left. They went to St. Louis in the first place. Nobody blinked and batted an eye. So meanwhile, it's barely a, there's no home field advantage for the Rams last week. I, I watched that game. If you watch that game, every time the Rams had the ball, you, you heard 49ers fans cheering, trying to shut them down on third down. But 49ers fl- flown under the radar. Garoppolo's better than people give him credit for. Rams de- uh, 49ers defense is good. Running game is good. Shanahan's an, a, a creative offensive play caller. Look, Dallas has looked tremendous, particularly on offense, but the defense too. I mean, you got Diggs with all the takeaways, 11 interceptions. Uh, Micah Parsons had a tremendous year as a rookie playing hybrid linebacker defensive end. He's a game wrecker. Uh, 
They got Demarcus Lawrence back, defensive end, good player. Randy Gregory can rush the passer. Leighton Van Der Esch, not bad. Jordan Lewis has turned into a, a, a solid slot corner. Cowboys are, are they, they, they're, they're pretty good. Now, it's easy to dismiss the Cowboys because they're always massively overrated, right? And they haven't done much. Um, but the offense is, is scary good. I mean, Prescott, Elliott. Elliott's not as good as he used to be, but he's still pretty good. Pollard, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, the Dalton Schultz experience at tight end. I mean, it, it, good offensive line. They've got their guys back. Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith at the tackle. Zach Martin, guard. Biadej or whatever his name is, the center, is pretty good. Cowboys, good. They're a good team. Now, they beat a lot of bad teams with backup quarterbacks. I know my man AG is scared to death of this game, and if you're a smart Cowboys fan, you should be. And and even though it's in Dallas, th- th- that's no home field advantage there either, by the way, playing in that stadium. Jerry World. It's funny. Cowboys have, obviously, a national fan base. That part is true, but... If you are a Cowboy season ticket holder and you can get $1,000 for your seats, for four seats, if you have four seats, which you can, on the secondary market, why wouldn't you just sell your seats and make four grand and then go watch the, and watch the game at home? And plus, even there, you know, it's not, the, the, it's not like the seats are on top of the field. There's not, a, it's not, there's not a huge noise advantage there. There's all kinds of other activities, a great jerry world, and the big screen. So people aren't barely paying attention to the game half the time anyway. You know, they're all hanging out at the bar, at the club, inside the jerry world. So that's going to be, that should be the marquee matchup of Sunday for sure. And you got Kansas City, Pittsburgh at night. You love Roethlisberger came out and said, "Ah, we should, we, we're we're not very good. It's fourteen teams. We're probably the fourteenth in the playoffs. Uh, Chiefs are the best team, or one of them. Uh, we're just kind of happy to be here." So he's 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 sandbagging smartly, uh, but I mean, the Chiefs, yeah, come on. Uh, if you ever listen to the show, you know I have a ton of respect for the Steelers organization and Mike Tomlin. Uh, Roethlisberger can barely throw the ball 20 yards anymore. Steelers' defense is okay. It's not great. Chiefs' home game, that is a real home field advantage. Uh, Chiefs going to win that game. And that brings us to Monday night. To me, the most interesting game, the one I most personally invested in, and that's the Rams against the Arizona Cardinals and my guy Matt Stafford. Now, if you watch that game that I mentioned earlier, the Rams 49ers last week, and you know nothing about football, you can say the Rams lost that game because of Matthew Stafford. I guess you missed the part where he drove the Rams down the field for the go-ahead touchdown late in the game, late in the fourth quarter. Matthew Stafford doing what Matthew Stafford does. And then the Rams' defense, to their credit, got off the field with under two minutes left and gave the ball back to the Rams offense. All the Rams had to do was get a first down and that game was over. That's all they had to do. And their offensive genius of a head coach, the boy wonder, 
Sean McVay, what does he do with Matthew Stafford, who he's traded three first-round picks and a third-round pick for? The guy that's supposed to take them to the next level, get them over the top? Does he trust them to complete a short pass or throw a pass on second and seven or go play action or do something creative or even a screen and try and secure a first down or throw, throw a bubble screen at Cooper Cup? Nope, he runs the ball three times in the middle line of scrimmage. 49ers stop it. Rams punt. Rams defense get a stop again? Nope. Niners come down, kick a field goal, tie the game, go to overtime. Win the toss, kick a field goal. Rams get the ball back. Now, granted, does Stafford throw an interception and end the game? Yes, he does. Should have never got to that point. That's on Sean McVay. That's not on Matthew Stafford. Yes, would you like to see Matthew drive him down for the game-winning touchdown again in overtime? Of course you would. And did he throw a bad ball to OBJ on second and one? Yes, he did. Be the first to admit it. And I'll also be the first to admit that the only way for Matthew to silence the critics and change this narrative that he's you know a stat patter and not a winner is you got to win this damn game Monday night, Matthew. I'm sorry. I love you. Nobody loves you more than I do. You got to win this damn game. And the Cardinals have been a disaster for about five weeks ever since the Lions put a, did a number on them and put a beat down on him. The quarterback looks disinterested. He looks like a little crybaby. He's always moaning and groaning every time he gets sacked. The coach looks like he doesn't know what the hell he's doing half the time. They looked awful in that Christmas night game against the Colts. So either there's something genuinely wrong there, but the roster looks good, and they have good players. I mean, James Conner is good. Chase Edmonds is good. I know they don't have DeAndre Hopkins, but they still have A.J. Green. He's not what he was, but he's still good. They still have Christian Kirk. They still have uh, Rondell Moore. They still have good players on defense. Buda Baker and uh, Simmons. They may be getting J.J. Watt back. They've got Marcus Golden. I mean, they got some guys that can rush the passer. They're not bad. But they've looked awful for about five weeks now. So either that's who they are, and they and, and by the way, with a chance to, to, to win the division themselves and host this game Monday night, they lost to a bad Seahawks team on Sunday. Did the Rams a favor, seemingly. But again, there's no home field advantage for the Rams. I guarantee you 30% of that stadium is Cardinals fans. It's not a long flight from, from Phoenix to L.A. And it's a holiday. On Monday. So why not? Why not go to L.A. for the weekend? What is it? An hour and a half flight? Maybe? Two hours tops from Phoenix to L.A.? Spend the weekend in L.A.? Go hang out at the beach? And then go to the game? Why not? Or the Cardinals are due to finally play like the team that was 10-2 and two at one point. Listen... This game scares the hell out of me. I will be rooting as hard for the Rams as if it was the Lions in the playoffs. I swear to God, I will be. I will, if the Rams are favored, and I, I suspect they will be, I will put money on the Cardinals so that I can hedge my bets. And if the Rams blow them out, great. And if the Cardinals win, at least I get paid. And maybe I catch the middle and get the win-win. And the cards cover, but the Rams win. And look, 
here's the thing. Stafford could play great, and if the Rams lose, he's never going to hear the end of it. I mean, again, if anybody cares to pay attention, the reason the Lions lost to the, the, the Saints in the playoffs in 2011 was not because of Matthew Stafford. So the defense dropped four interceptions, and the refs refed them out of the building in the first half of that game. The only game you could maybe put on Stafford was 2014 against the Cowboys, and we all know what happened in that game as far as the refs are concerned. But if I'm being fair, the, cow, the, the Lions did get the ball back with a chance to go down and win the game, and Stafford got sacked and fumbled and lost the ball. If I'm being fair. But damn, am I going to be rooting hard for that game. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Jamal About Sports. As always, thanks for listening. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, peace out.